Hey, Chicago, what do you say? The CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings. We are your spot. Make sure you download the app. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Monday. Happy baseball season. Football is gone. Luke Stuckmeyer, Cody Delmendo, Ryan Herrera. We get pitchers and catchers reporting this week. That's obviously super exciting. Uh, Super Bowl behind us, 38-35. We'll talk just a little football before we get to baseball. And we've got some stuff going on with the Cubs bullpen to talk about. We have some rules that have been adapted, one that's staying the same. And we'll continue our position uh, evaluations for the Cubs as they get ready to report to Arizona. In fact, most of the players are probably already there. Certainly a lot of the pitchers and catchers are already there. And Ryan leaves uh, tomorrow night, right, Ryan? Yep, yep. I'll be out of here tomorrow night. I'm playing out of Midway, too, which is just different. It's a lot harder to get to from where I'm at. I live like That's 10 right. minutes from all here. So. Um, if you're yeah, in the city, fun. it's easier. If you're in the suburbs, it's kind of a pain. Yeah. But, yeah, no, flying out tomorrow. Going to be down there for about a week and a half or so. But, um, you know, the first pitch, pitchers and catchers report on Wednesday. Uh, so they get their first official pitchers and catchers workout then. And then the rest of the position group reports next Monday. That's the first official team workout. Um, but you also have, I think the Cubs have like 16 guys uh, in the organization on the World Baseball Classic. So they have pitchers and catchers reporting today. And then the the World Baseball Classic position guys report on Thursday. So a lot of guys already in Mesa, but a lot of guys showing up in the next week, which will be, that's, you know, it's baseball here, man. It's spring. Everyone told us naked guys already on the balcony out at the studio today. Like it's, it's spring and with spring comes baseball. I first of all, the chat is firing already, so it's great to have everybody in the chat on a Monday. Mike Dubs asking how many Hawaiian shirts you're packing, and <laughs> Nick G has a, a great comment. He says, "Best shape of my life season." It, it, that's totally true. Like half the guys you will talk about will be like, "Did you see so and so? That's best shape of his life." I've never been this healthy going into a season. I've never felt this good. The swing's yeah. never felt better. Say a Suzuki, that might be true because we've seen the guy. Uh, certainly bulk up in the off season, but everybody seems to come in uh, where they say hope springs eternal. That's the, that's true for every baseball player too. Their average goes back down to zero. Even if they've struck out 200 times a year before they haven't struck out at all in 23. So um, it's, it's always a fun time, you know, that the Super Bowl ends and instantly people start tweeting out that pitchers and catchers. <laughs> opening day, how many, how did, did you like the Super Bowl? Because my take on it is this. Put the betting stuff aside. We'll do that when we get to our our, our DraftKings spots. But, like, the Super Bowl was great for me up until the end. I don't mind the outcome, but how they got to the outcome was, like, sort of ending Game 7 of the World Series on a sack fly in the top of the 10th. And then it's just, like, three fly balls and the game's over. <laughs> it was it was so anticlimactic the last like minute of the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hated the ending. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else to say. It was dumb. Uh, it was the first time I believe that the NFL is rigged. So, uh, congratulations. Jake is right there himself. What did you have on overtime? Go ahead, tell us. What did you have on overtime? Plus something. I had plus eleven hundred on overtime. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> And I took the Eagles, and I also live bet the Chiefs uh, on the spread at plus three and a half. So I was, like, hoping for an Eagles three-point win uh, if all things were to go my way. Um, But whatever. I'm Football's over, and uh, that sport's rigged. 
I'm convinced. No, I I, I won money on it. Don't I tell told me. Cody, I told Cody I, I last already, week not to, already, not to bet against I'm Mahomes. I'm already over anyone telling me that, like, you're a moron if you bet against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Jalen Hurts had a better game than him. The only reason they lost that game is because Jalen Hurts literally dropped the ball in the most weird way in the first half. Whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm fully convinced. You can't change my mind. I I won money on it uh, through DraftKings, or you know, our that's that's our spot DraftKings. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll say James Bradbury himself said he held Juju Smith-Schuster. So there's that at the end of the game. He said he held him. You could be you could be mad that they didn't call calls like that later on in the game or earlier yeah. in the game, whatever. Uh, but he did say that he held him. I don't know. I I like the Super Bowl. Uh, I thought it was. I'm kind of with you, Luke. It was anticlimactic, but I. You know, it, it was like before that last like two minutes was a classic. It felt like in like a, one of the best Super Bowls that I've watched until those. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I do have a question though. Like, if um, if it had come down to it, and it was they were going to have to go for the field goal, or if there was no penalty, they would have had to kick the field goal, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm not. It's not even like it I mean, would have. It, it's not even or do like. You go, or do you go for it? No, they kicked the field goal. They were they were they definitely fourth, kicked fourth and goal. They weren't I mean, like. I would yeah, but the like, one. I I would kick the field goal, but at the same time, if you think you're you can win the Super Bowl, because they didn't they didn't have to get a touchdown. They just needed a first down, right? Yeah, because that's what led to the that's what led to the kneeling at the goal line. So technically, they only if you can't get that one yard. Then this the other team still has to go, you know, ninety some yards to kick that field. Well, less than that to kick the field goal. But I mean, I'm not even like arguing that the Eagles should have won. I'm pissed yeah. that the game didn't end the way I wanted it to end in terms of just excitement. I wanted that game to go to overtime, and then I wanted both those franchises and those fan bases to suffer, just like anxiety and suffer. That's what well, his, I wanted. His for, holding, from a pure, a pure football call. fan standpoint, that's what I wanted. His holding call may have caused it because I don't know if a I don't know if he would have caught the pass if he didn't hold him. But if he, like let's say he doesn't hold and they score a touchdown, cool. Then we've got a minute to go the other way and see if they can score and then consider going for yeah. two in the win or kick the extra yeah. point. I thought when they kicked the field goal, he's going to miss it because they placed it at the paint. And I was like, oh my god, this is going to be the dumbest decision ever. They didn't go into the end zone and he's going to miss yeah. the kick, but they did. Anyway. Just, it was. I can't. Part, good night. Part of, part of me is salty because I lost the bet. Yeah. The other part of me is salty because I just wanted a better ending. That game was awesome until the refs made it about them, and like, I, it, it's just the fact of the matter. It is what it is. It pisses me off. I so. just hope we can get the Bears in a game like that. We yeah. can actually care about a game with the Bears in it. It's exactly. Very nice, wouldn't it? I would love to be. Well, actually, I wouldn't love, but I would. I look forward to potentially be in that type of position where I can continue to say that this league is rigged because of a bears loss, probably because of the refs. So I'd rather do that than see the bears. Yeah, lose like 13 straight to end the year. I guess. Yeah. You want to yeah. spend zone. I hope the bears are in that position one day so I can blame the refs for that. I don't, because I like, don't, I don't hate the call. I just hate what it led to at the end. Like even the kneeling part, bugged me a little bit like i i understand the strategy behind it but it was just 
I just almost would rather see him score and then let the other team try to do what they can do. Is your defense that bad that you're worried that they're going to go all that way? Anyways, I digress. <laughs> Speaking of end of games, baseball, the uh, competition committee deciding today, voting unanimously to continue the runner at second base in extra innings. So it will continue in 23 and beyond. It looks like that rule is just part of baseball and here to stay. It took a pandemic to make it happen. <laughs> and and I feel like baseball fans either love it or hate it. There's very few in-betweens. I'm sort of one of the in-betweens. I don't I don't love it because it's not really baseball. And I'm not sure it always makes the game end faster because it just makes the other team more likely to score in the bottom of the inning. But at least it's different. At least it is. Di- I don't. I don't need a 19 inning game, and I think it's less likely you get a 19 inning game. Again, it's more of if the Cubs lose and because of this rule, I'm going to hate it, and if the Cubs win because of this rule, I'm going to love it. That's just what it is. Like I, there's no. You're never going to get me to love it. The only. The only way you're going to get me to love it is because we'll get to go home earlier. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, that's it. I. I I understand the people who are against it because, yeah, it's like giving that extra runner on the second is, I don't know, it. there's something special about randomly seeing a random 13, 14, 15 inning game. And if you're, if you're actually there or if you're just really into baseball, like, yeah, like I get it. And then I also understand that the league has to make changes to get more viewership because no one wants to watch a four or five hour game. So I think I'm, I'm basically with you, Luke, but there's no way I'm ever going to like the rule. It's more of just like, I understand why they're doing it. And I guess I'm just going to have to accept it. And there are worse <laughs> rules. So whatever. The way, the way I look at it is you look at, was it the Astros and, and Mariners? If they still had that 18 inning game, right? Yeah, like it's I still possible to do it. I mean, I guess I was playing the, right? the ghost runner. You're right. I'm, I'm, I'm mixing things up. They didn't have the ghost runner, but they could have, right? Like they, you, you could still, still have a, you, you could still have a you long still game. Still have those long games, yeah. And, and and I think I don't know if the rule is playoffs, right? Is it, does it still count only in the playoffs, or is the the zombie runner only in the zombie runner? Season? I think it's just regular season, which also okay, so makes I, it a little strange. But it's like it's like the shootout in hockey. People either love it or hate it, and it's only so, during the regular season. It doesn't yes. exist in the in the postseason i have a question so i'm happy you, well i'm saying i'm I'm saying is i'm happy that it's only in the regular season i like yeah. it not being in the playoffs but i'll also say that on top of the fact that there's still potential to have those long games i think we saw the cubs have like 13 any games mm-hmm. or maybe one or one or two of those this past season um but the other thing is is when you look at it from the players point of view it's like players don't want to play 18 or you know 15 16 any games you're you're wasting your whole bullpen and it's not like you're playing this long overtime period, but you're the NBA, so you might have like a day or two in between your next game, or you're the your football, you have a whole week until your next game. You're gonna wake up the next day and play a baseball game, a nine inning baseball game. You may have used every bullpen guy you've used. You, you only have a starter left. All your position players are tired from playing, you know, eighteen inning games. Like and that just makes that just makes it for one better baseball because the guys are a little fresher, and two, like you're not doing all this maneuvering to try to get fresh arms on your team and all this different crap that has to happen versus like you, you ended the game after 10, 11 innings, you were able to, you know, you, you had to use a couple extra bullpen guys, but you still have some fresh arms there and you don't have to like, especially with the 13 pitcher limit rule, right? 
But that makes it a right. lot harder on the pitchers that have to carry those extra inning games and, and keep it going, however. So I I think it's people aren't are gonna hate it. And I mean I will like it because we'll get out of there quicker. Uh but for the players, like the players and, and, and the teams love it because they're not worrying about trying to maneuver their their roster and, and make sure guys are able to play the next day and you know it, it, it makes it easier on them because they don't have to worry about playing you know tw- twice the games in one day Listen. i have a question for you guys though so okay. we believe we believe the cubs have a good bullpen right and we believe they have as good a pitching depth as probably more than most teams in major league baseball we feel like they have, they might not have elite pitching but they have great pitching depth and Cody always says he never worries about the bullpen, right? So we we believe the bullpen will be a strength again this season because what the Cubs have shown us the last couple of years. Does this rule, when a game gets to extra innings, sort of take that away and level the playing field? Or does it make it even more of an advantage for the Cubs because you think even with a runner at second, their bullpen will be able to get out of it? Or do you think, well, now you've got a runner at second. It doesn't matter who's on the mound it evens the playing field for the teams with poor bullpens, which, which way do you think it swings or is it, does it not impact that at all either way? Well, last year, the Cubs, I don't know the record off the top of my head, but last year, I remember we always joked about how the Cubs could not win a game in extra innings. A lot of that was because when they did go to extra innings is because their bullpen did save them, but their starter was unable to go deep enough in the game. So by, by the time they get to extra innings, their bullpen is pretty much like all your high leverage guys are pretty much done. So that's one reason I based off just my memory that I feel like that they lost a bunch of those games. So to answer your question, yeah, given the state of the rotation now, I feel good about the the Cubs bullpen potentially, you know, being able to, for that to be an advantage for them. Now I, I understand they don't have a lot of high strikeout guys, at least proven guys. They have some dudes who, who have the potential to be that. We're gonna have to just watch it all play out, but I, I to me again the rule it 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 benefits off it benefits offense and it's gonna come down to guy like can the Cubs in those situations can they get more strikeouts, uh you know that way you don't see runners moving and right. you know like I. Again, I'm not fully worried on about the bullpen. I, I like the, the the addition of Fulmer, and I was reading uh, an article today that says they're still interested in Matt Moore. So you know, add him and to go with Fulmer with the rest of the guys they have. Like, yeah, I think it's a very solid bullpen and has growth to or has potential to grow into a really good one by season's end. But um, again. The rule just really only benefits offense, and if your pitching staff can get more strikeouts in the extra innings, then that's honestly the only way I see, you know, any bullpen being good against being good against that rule. I guess if, if that's what you're asking, I, I again, I think that the Cubs will probably be better in extra innings this year, just because I think their starter, their starting rotation will be better. <laughs> but yeah. You know, I I think it benefits the Cubs potentially because we believe that their pitching and their bullpen will be good. And if anybody can get out of that situation without giving up one run or less runs than the other team, it might be the Cubs because they may have a guy 
that can get them out of it. Now, the only I'm, caveat to I'm that gonna... would be that they do put a lot of balls in play. And if a guy's at second base, yeah. well, well, they, they don't that. have a lot of swing well, here, guys. They did a lot I'm, of like, here's what I'm always talk. walk guys. It, like Ross would like just yeah. walk mm-hmm. guys sometimes. And it, and it worked out, but not all the time, of course. I think the biggest problem with extra innings, and this again goes to the Cubs, is where – and, and I think Shane might have said it in the chat that the Cubs weren't very good at getting that that second that runner on second home. No, like, no. like they, no, they were they, more about the offense. They weren't like awful in extra innings. I'm looking at the stats right now. Like they had a 242 batting average, 703 OPS. Like they weren't the worst team by any means. But in in it looks like a hundred extra inning at bats last season, they struck out 27 times. So that's over a quarter of the at-bats they had in extra innings they struck out. When If you're talking about just putting the ball in play to move the guy over, that's not going to do it for you. Um, so I think that the biggest issue with the Cubs going into this year and w- in this rule specifically is have they added the offense necessary to when they go to extra – I think their pitching is going to be good. Have they added the offense to actually score those runners in? Have they added the offense to – Instead of scoring just the guy from second base, can they get multiple runs in in the inning to build up a decent lead or to even come back and, and, and win a game in the bottom of whatever inning it is? Right, like that's that was I, that always felt to me like the Cubs' biggest issue because once they got there, you were like, okay, are they even going to score this guy? And, and there was there was times when they didn't, and you like you kind of called it right, you kind of saw it coming. <laughs> so the, my yeah, the issue to me is have they on the offensive side done enough to you know. To, to, to break that difference and and be able to be better at getting those guys in it from second base. I don't I don't know 100 percent that they have because we talked about the power and you know if they can hit home runs and it doesn't matter who where the guy is on base right if you can hit a home run and knock a guy in it doesn't really matter. They've added some Dansby Swanson has a little bit of pop in his bat. He has 25 home runs plus the last two seasons. Trey Mancini adds some of that like they they have that but they're also going to rely on guys taking steps forward and it still remains to be seen if that happens, right? Well, they can't rely on Michael Hermosillo anymore because he signed with the Yankees, the minor league deal. So yeah. that's yeah. one. By the way, the best way to check out this podcast is during the live YouTube show, which we're doing right now. And because you can join the chat live, which is a lot of fun. Make sure you subscribe to the CHGO YouTube page so you don't miss any episodes. You'll get alerts when they're coming up live. Give us the uh, five-star review, five likes, whatever they say, all the good stuff. Give us, give us your love, please. We'd enjoy your love and we'd enjoy a subscription. Yeah. Partly also because you get to read the live comments like the Fish Slayer saying Cubs getting guys in with a runner and scoring position is like building a snowball in June. <laughs> well said. Just exactly what Ryan was saying. Yeah. Didn't go well last year, but they have changed um, a lot of those bats. Now, the other rule change that did happen, you know, that stays the same. But one that did change was increasing – the amount of runs that have to be on the board between the two teams for a position player to come in. So position players can now pitch in extra innings like they always did, but now to pitch in the ninth inning, you have to be up by 10 or more and the trailing team has to be down by eight or more, something like that. Right. It's gone from like six to 10. They've increased the, the need for it a little bit. So, they're trying to have less position players going in. I, I think I saw Jesse Rogers tweet that Elias had said 
It happened 132 times last season. The position player pitched in a game 132 times, whereas five years ago, it happened something like 30 or 32 times. So I would agree if that's a trend that you see going on, you've got to attack it somehow because as much as we love Rizzo coming in and pitching or whoever it might be, Frank Schwindel back in the day too, like it's not good baseball. Like you, you know you're watching a clown show when the position player comes in. It might be fun once a year, but you don't need it 132 times in a season. Yeah, but don't forget, Framil Reyes has a lower ERA than Yadier Molina. I knew he that touched 90. Coming. He touched I 90. I thought about having a graphic made up. Yeah. He touched 90 on that fastball. It's still, uh, still yeah, no, it, by, by it, that. it's a fine rule, whatever. I mean, I think a lot of those innings racked up just because some teams would just like wave the white flag earlier. They get yeah. down like five or six to nothing, something like that. And they're like, okay, we want to save the bullpen. So uh, let's throw, you know, the guy off the bench out there and let him throw like in the seventh or eighth inning. Like, it was, I guess, in a way, it was getting out of the hand just because it got to a point where I wasn't excited when it happened because it's one of my favorite things yeah. during a blowout. I mean, you mentioned Rizzo when he struck out Freddie Freeman. That was one of the greatest losses I've ever watched. So, but you know, I feel I mean, like it used to happen like once for your for yeah. the Cubs. It would happen like once every few years, right? Mm-hmm. And now it was happening multiple times a season, and so right. it had just lost kind this, of the. This, I feel like it. I feel like, and maybe you guys might think differently, but I feel like a lot of those innings racked up were probably from bad teams that were tanking and like, and they were getting blown out day after day after day. Like they would go on. Remember when the Reds started like three and 22 or whatever? I got to imagine there was some pitch, some position players pitching at some point in that stretch. And like, that's, that's like, that's kind of the problem. Like, I know baseball. They 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 entered. They they put the lottery system into for the draft now. So like tanking isn't necessarily like, you know, a lock. But teams are still doing it. You know, because none of these owners want to spend their money. At least half of them don't. It feels like so. You know, I I'm okay with them implementing that rule just because. Yeah, it was getting ridiculous. Yeah, it's not uh, a novelty anymore. The novelty's no. worn off. It's it's not as fun as it used to be. That. I mean, like even the Cubs had a little stretch there where they felt like they were throwing, throwing one position player out there like once a week or even a couple times a week this last season. Um, I, yeah, I'm fine with it if it limits the amount of times that position players are going on the mound and getting teed off on. I think we can all be happy about that. Yeah, and Aaron's mentioning a slaughter rule, and I, I'm against slaughter rule, like Little League, because it it cancels the possibility for one of the greatest wins of the season. Yeah. I can just turn the TV off or I can just leave the ballpark. If it's if it's 10 runs in the seventh inning, I can just leave and potentially miss it or run to a television if I'm getting home or whatever. Like I don't have to watch it. I can keep an eye on my phone. Never, never forget when the Cubs made that like 12 to 3 comeback or whatever against the Braves. Yeah. I think it was like 2018 in like April mm-hmm. and it was like snowing. Yeah. It was miserable. It was like the was worst miserable. weather day ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, those games possible. I, I know they're bringing the slaughter rule to the SEC. I assume you knew that, Ryan. I, I, I read about that recently. I didn't even see that. They're, they're, that's yeah, not, that's not fun. Yeah, and the SEC for college baseball, they're bringing it just, just the SEC, which is weird because I figured that it would have to be a full on college baseball rule. But, uh, yeah, it's like if you get up 10 runs or more, then like right. the game is over. So, 
And I think it has to be a certain inning point or whatever. But, um, yeah, they, they should never do that in the majors, in my opinion. It's Major League Baseball. Sorry. Let's uh, let's continue our position evaluations. We did third base the other day. We've done center field. We've done all the outfield positions. We've done DH. And we get to third base, and we were like, well, that's that could be an Achilles heel. You move across the infield to shortstop, and now with Dansby Swanson taking over for Nico there, is there any question that this is the absolute strength of the team? Like, If you had to pick the best position – it's the middle infield. It's either short or second, but I would say potentially it's short just because your backup plan could still be Nico Horner. Like if, if Dansby gets a nagging injury for a month, your backup plan is better than any other position you could possibly have because Nico could just slide over if you really want him to for a long period of time. And then you could have Madrigal or whoever play second base. So for me, I don't have to spend a ton of time on shortstop. When I look at it offensively, and certainly defensively, it has to get the highest grade for me. So going in, going in, having not seen Dansby Swanson in a Cubs uniform, but on paper what it means for the Cubs, maybe it's not an A-plus because maybe he's not the best shortstop. Maybe he's not the MVP of the league at shortstop, but he's one of the best shortstops in baseball. And the backup plan is probably better than anybody else's backup plan at shortstop. So I would go – at the very worst, A minus. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. guess I'd I'd give it an A just because I'm a nice guy. Um, Are you saying I'm not a nice guy? What, what was I that? I mean, the, the Cubs significantly improved at shortstop. Not a nice I mean, I don't know. Like, and who's to say that Dansby Swanson can't be the, one of the best shortstops in the league this year? I don't. Well, whatever. I'm saying preseason grade. It could, it could be an A plus for the Cubs for sure. Yeah, I you know we gave the starting rotation a B plus last week. And and but I, you're probably right in terms of position players. It's probably the best, the best player on the Cubs right now is Danzy Swanson. Going into the year, at least there's potential for someone else to to take over that. But um, in terms of value, uh, I would say that it's pretty solid because yeah, Swanson was a six WAR player last year, and Horner was a somewhere between a three and a half and a four. Right, that's he's gonna play cool. second, and you can move him to short if you do yeah. want to give him a day off. Like, yeah, I mean, the backup might be there. the second best player on the team. Yeah, so I mean, he's in the conversation. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's good depth there, and he's one of the best players on the team. So, as far as compared to it last year, I mean, Nico was great at short last year, but if mm-hmm. it, if it wasn't him over there, it was bad. I mean, we saw VR play there once. So that was. <laughs> so right. uh, yeah no it's yeah. i would give it an a <laughs> i i'm i'm probably in the a minus a range to um danzy swanson I mean, he wasn't he's not carlos correa or trey turner but he's still a very very good shortstop all-star shortstop gold glove shortstop so um that was a huge pickup for the cubs nico as you guys have mentioned is like the backup shortstop and when he's your backup shortstop like that you feel pretty good about that I think the biggest thing is just they've they've increased the depth, right? Like the depth at shortstop is so much better than what it was last year just by adding Dansby Swanson. Because when you look at what they had last year, like like thankfully for them, Nico didn't get hurt. He played most of the season. Like he wasn't he had that, you know, the the what happened in San Diego when he ran to the umpire. He had the tricep thing late in the season. But for the most part, he was healthy last year. For the first time in his career, he was healthy for a majority of the year. Had he had more injury issues last year, 
who knows what the Cubs would have done at shortstop? Right. Like, who knows where the Cubs would have been at shortstop? Right now, you're looking at it and you're like, you know, the knock on wood, but if, if Danzy were to get hurt, Nico's there. You know, like that, that you've already built that, but just by adding one of the best shortstops on the market. So they're in a lot better place right now than they were this time last year and even during the season at shortstop. And then you also include, you know, Christopher Morrell. If, if his arm improves, if, if his arm has improved at third base and the accuracy has improved, I think you could, you could, if he needs to, he could play shortstop capably at that point. If he's figured out kind of that throw from the left side of the infield over to first base and he's getting that accurately consistently, like, and then he needs to play shortstop, you feel comfortable with him playing there. Um, I, I just think the Cubs depth right now is a lot better than where <laughs> it was last year. Um, even if some health issues pop up, like you still feel good about the depth. So um, I'm giving it a, a, probably an A minus. Just be, you know, again, Dansby Swanson is not Trey Turner. Like he he wasn't the best shortstop on the market, but he's still a really really good player. Um, and you feel you feel good about where the Cubs are at at that spot. Yeah. And I guess I mean, I'm just assuming Nico's the backup, but I I guess that's kind of an off the record question for David Ross in spring training. Like, yeah, is he definitely the backup plan? If something long term happened to Dansby, would you? if it's a two week injury that he just needs a couple days off, do you automatically move Nico over? Or do you slide somebody in? If Nico's adjusted to second and doing really well, maybe it's was, not, maybe it's not as obvious as it seems to me. I would think you just move him over for a yeah. couple games, but I, I think McKinstry can play some short yeah, too. I think possible. he played there. He played some there late last year. He actually had some nice plays. I, from my memory, I remember him making, um, and, I, you know, I still don't understand, like, Miles Masturboni's, like, role. Like, I assume he's going to be triple-A depth, but, you know, you know how baseball works with, with injuries and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but I assume he can play most of the infield. So, you know, yeah, I mean, if they did want to leave Nico at second, you could like use – just a one-day one rest. Step. What do you do? Yeah, do you like make Nico switch? I could see yeah. moving Nico if it's a long injury or something, knock right. on wood, right? But if it's just a day off, which Dansby doesn't want, or if it's, you know, he gets hit by a pitch or something, he just can't play for one day, then you might find somebody else to play yeah. short for the day. I think that might be the way they would go, but I don't know. Yeah. So in yeah, the grand scheme, they have really good depth yeah. all across <laughs> it. You know? Yeah. They they feel like shortstop feels like a spot you don't have to worry about too much mm-hmm. and, until, you know, until things happen, right? Baseball happens. And stuff happens in season that you could you could never predict, uh, and then you then you cross that bridge when you get to it. But for where they're at right now, like you feel, I think you feel as good at that position as you would any other spot in the, on the field for them. Uh, okay, we're going to talk about in in the next upcoming segment some additions and maybe one that got away in the bullpen. We got some other conversation coming up, but we do want to get to drafting DraftKings because they won me money. Go ahead, Cody. Oh, yeah. You're welcome, Luke. I gave you some luck. Uh, That parlay, you had the Hertz and Kelsey anytime touchdown parlay. Did did I ever? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is the official betting partner of CHGO in all city. Uh, You know, like I said, the NFL is rigged. You know what's not rigged? Baseball, which means you can, uh, you know, bet some futures uh, on, uh, you know, the Cubs season win totals. uh, I think on DraftKings is set at 77 and a half. Uh, for them to make the playoffs is set at plus 310. That's juicy. I love that that bet. 
um, to win the division is at plus 650. So, I mean, baseball's right around the corner. So you can do that. You got college basketball coming up. We got, you know, the rest of the NBA season. If you want to bet against the Bulls, because all they do is give you pain like they do me. Uh, there's a lot. I know football is over, but we're, we're, we're one less rig sport down. Thank you. Uh, download the app now and sign up with code CHGO. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only mm-hmm. at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So I took advantage of the bonus bets deal. I hadn't signed up yet with DraftKings. I thought, you know what? At this point, I'm going to wait for the Super Bowl, and then I'm going to let Cody guide me a little bit. I will say, Mike Dubs, yes, you should apologize. You did give me the bet. I did place the Mike Dubs bet for one of my $25 bonus bets. It did not hit. So I, I placed eight bets, okay? Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I placed nine bets because I had to do my $5 wager to get the other $200 in bonus bets. So I placed nine wagers. Um, I won over 500 four, bucks. I won four of the nine. Okay. Okay. The Mike, the Mike Dubs bet did not win. I did on my own a $25 bonus bet two Jalen Hurts touchdowns and a Chiefs win parlay. Wow. Oh Boom. Wow. 450 in Stucky Bucks right wow. into the account. So right. I, felt, I felt bad for my friend that was at the game and is an Eagles fan, diehard Eagles fan. And I texted him during the game. I said, here's the deal. I'll be happy for you if they win. If they lose, it's 450 bucks in my pocket. So at least somebody wins out of this. <laughs> that happened. Took you one more than I did. I had um, – what was my other – I heard the ones that I won. I had – I did a little hedging because Cody had me in on the Eagles with some parlays and stuff. So I did just a $25 bonus bet on the Chiefs to win. So that cashed $26. Then I had – this was all Cody – Tails never fails. I started the yeah. day with a $25 winder. Bingo, right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. We, Cody, I thought we had the offensive lineman catching the touchdown, which yeah. would have been 850 bucks. When they did that ring around the rosy thing with the Chiefs <laughs> down in the – I was like, here it comes. This is it. Lineman's going out. And he did go out, and he, he just did. couldn't get him to pass. It was – I think the ring around the rosy thing was too obvious that it was a trick play. Yeah. Yeah, they did that earlier. Done that before for some reason. And if they did that earlier in the year, and it got called back, I think. Yeah, Yeah, if they done it earlier in the game, maybe it would have happened. But I, I thought, oh my, this is eight hundred and fifty more. And then I had the other uh, was Jalen Hurts touchdown, Travis Kelsey touchdown. That hit for a couple hundred bucks. They win any others? Yeah. No, that was it. My, I just had the over. And I, I took the Eagles and I live bet the Chiefs. Um, but all of my like prop bets, none of them hit. My two parlays, none of them hit. Uh, and But I did have tails and I did take yeah. a successful two-point conversion to happen at plus 230. Mm-hmm. So I won $20 off that. So whatever. It was a, cool. it was, it was a fine day gambling, but mixed with some bad beats. So... I didn't. I wasn't even batting 500, but because of the free bonus bets on on DraftKings, uh, I was almost. I I profited almost 600. dollars 
Well done. Pretty good. Pretty good night. Welcome. Now I'm going to close the account like, and cash it out. Well, like no, Dub says, I love DraftKings too you're much. One to of us. You're one of us now, Stuck. <laughs> you're one of us. My wife did say we you got March Hummel? Madness coming up, man. Yeah. I told my wife, go. I said, we just won 450 bucks with that. And I had Miles Sanders. If Miles Sanders would have scored a touchdown, I had another parlay that would have hit for like another $400. She was like, this is pretty easy. I was like, you better believe it. I'm on fire here. Oh, anyway, Barbara says drinks on Stucky. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't 600. It was almost 600. You know, because they also gave you, they gave everybody a free, uh, uh, not a free a free five dollar bonus bet on the Super Bowl yesterday. So actually, I, yep. I did place ten, I think, ten ten different wagers. Um, now that the season's over, now you get ready to go and make the voyage out to Arizona, like Ryan. Hopefully, he's packing his Chi Town Custom Cornhole, the number one cornhole provider for Chicagoland and Illinois since two thousand and seven. I could see him being out there with a Gordon Whitmire and a Bruce Levine throwing some bags out on the side of Sloan Park. Our signature box style can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted. Our cornhole boards come with built-in cup holders, recessed in the back LEDs that light up the hole, exterior handles for easy carrying, and they even have handcrafted scorekeepers. Veteran-owned and operated, they ship anywhere. They also offer local pickups, specializing in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social event, wedding gifts, gifts for all occasions. Fellas, Valentine's Day is coming up. What would make her happier than a new custom cornhole board from Chi-Town Custom Cornhole? Or flip it around, ladies. Maybe you want to get your special somebody some custom cornhole. Bags are for everybody, especially tailgaters and backyard barbecues. Check out their website, ChiTownCornhole.com, or follow them on Instagram like we do at Chi-Town Custom Cornhole Boards. And listen, I probably should buy a couple extra sets with all the cash that I'm bringing in. I mean. Sure. That was like a whole new revenue. revenue I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting to get invited to the Luke Stuckmeyer, like, like, I don't know, like summer, like summer party or whatever. You know what I mean? I'm still waiting to take it to me and Corey were at the Blackhawks takeover on Friday. We were like, yeah, how was Stucky? And Corey was so disappointed. He was so disappointed. He's like, I just want to drink with Luke Stuckmeyer one time (laughs) in my life. And he was, I had to calm him down. I was like, I I was mad at Corey. Okay, I was mad at Corey on Friday because he starts sending me messages about how Do Right is having special Valentine's yeah. Day donuts. Doesn't he know what I'm trying to do here? You know, well, I've had I, one, I think he does know. One That's sugar point. cookie in 23. One sugar cookie, homemade sugar cookie in 23. I made it through the Super Bowl without dessert. Wow. I did have a slice of deep dish pizza, but that's another story. It's the sweet that I'm trying to cut down. Forgive you. I'll forgive you. Oh, he knows exactly what he's doing. That's the thing. Like, yeah, he, he's, he knows he's what you're doing. So he knows what he's doing. Yep. We did have a good time, though, me and Corey did. And we ran into this guy named Max who watches this show. So shout out to Max. If he's shout out Max. It. Max Bain? No. Well, I wish. Well, I wish Max Bain would have been there, but no. He's, he's just, easy. I sent Max Bain a text. Uh, over the weekend was just like, hey, not sure if you're headed out to Arizona yet, but I'm wishing you well. Hope things go well. All that good shit. And uh, he took that very well. He's, he was happy that I reached out to him. So it goes back to what I said last week yeah. about how I want him to be like the, the next breakout prospect, right? Sure. 
Look at That'd this. Cool. Look at Michael Collada. Did you see this? Collada bought a $1 lottery ticket this morning and won 500 bucks. Collada bucks. 500 Collada bucks. Collada bucks. Collada bucks. Yeah, you should donate it to Rick. 500 Collada bucks. <laughs> yeah. How about, a, how about a $500 super chat, Michael? We'd appreciate yeah, it. Right? That'd be great. That'd be really donate nice. to us. Yeah, that's fair too. I'd you actually prefer that over him donating it to Ricketts. Yeah. <laughs> How excited are you guys about uh, the addition of Michael Fulmer? Ryan, you think that's a good addition to the bullpen? It, I guess it's not totally official. We haven't seen it come across from the Cubs. Yeah. But it sounds like they've added another good arm to the bullpen, a guy that was a rookie of the year in 2016, has had some health issues, mm -hmm. but has kind of now changed his role from starter to reliever and seems to be where he uh, obviously fits into this Cubs team. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's a good addition, and, you know, it seems to me that, that he may be – or the Cubs may be kind of waiting for Wednesday when they can start putting um, players on the 60-day IL again. Um, that that helps open up a 40-man spot and, and whatnot. So um, just a, a, the, the roster maneuvering still has to happen. So he's, his signing is not official. Um, but as far as the addition to this bullpen – um, he is another veteran guy, a guy who has late inning experience that, you know, the Cubs don't have a whole lot of on this team. Um, and I, I think he's a he, he's he's the last two years in the bullpen. He he kind of proved himself as a reliable late inning, you know, high leverage kind of guy. He may not be um, the surefire closer for this team. I don't know if the Cubs even have one or will, um, but he's probably he's probably a guy who'll see his fair share of save opportunities. Um, as far you know, as the bullpen's currently constructed, just because he has that kind of experience, he's got the you know he's hitting mid nineties on his fastball. He's uh, after Tommy John surgery wiped out. I think it was his twenty nineteen season. Um, he's he's back up. You know, he, since he since he came back to the bullpen, he's uh, you know back up in the mid nineties. I think he was he was averaging almost ninety five this past season. Um, so he's up there in, in velocity. It's not like the fastest stuff out there, but it's it's good velocity. Um, he's got a very unique slider. I know Brendan over at allchgo.com wrote a whole a whole thing on that slider and, and the uniqueness of it and the movement and all that stuff. So if you're interested in graphs and and, and pitch shape, pitch all that all that stuff, go check out Brendan's story yeah. at allchgo.com. It was really good. Um but check so it he, out and explain it to me. I because yeah, I and, and, and yeah put it through the AI <laughs> put it put it through the AI generator and help have them explain it to Luke and Cody or Corey, Cody. Yeah. Sorry. But um, yeah, I'm Cody Ryan. Yeah. I, I can't remember anyone's names, but he, uh, Damn. just the way the, 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 the way for a year and you get me and Corey mixed up. Are Almost been a year. Me? We were just talking about, don't worry Corey. about it, Kobe. Yeah. At least I didn't call you Kobe. Um, but yeah, I can accept that with Fulmer, with Fulmer, um, a good addition to this team. I think in this bullpen, um, he'll be, I don't, I don't know what the contract's going to be. I know people are kind of comparing it to the Chafin deal that he got from Arizona. Um, is that much? Five I don't know if it's that Chafin? much. I think, I think it's a little, I would think it's a little more in the bolt in the ballpark for, um, you know, what they gave to Brad Boxberger. Three. So um, I, I feel like three. They, I saw that they haven't given out a $5 million reliever deal since Kimbrell. So I don't, I don't think it'd be him. But that's what I'm thinking. I don't think that because if it's six and a half with the chance to increase to seven and a half million, that was what Chafin got. Mm -hmm. um, I, I that felt it felt like just where the Cubs are at luxury tax wise, um, 
that they didn't want to go that high. You know, uh, they wanted to kind of stay under the luxury tax a little bit in case of, you know, mid-season additions they make for a playoff push or whatnot. Like that. <laughs> there you go. But even at that point, it's like, is this the team you go over the luxury tax and, and you you waste one of those luxury tax years? Because it's it's with, with the luxury tax and all that stuff, the the with the little tickers or whatever, it, it kind of goes by year, right? It goes by how much over the luxury tax you are, but it also is affected by how many years you're over the luxury tax, mm-hmm. um, or what you know. What, so it doesn't feel like one, it didn't feel like one of the years that the Cubs should waste on uh, going over the luxury tax, unless there's a, a real good free agent they needed to go get. So. Um, could they have probably pointed up a couple more million for Andrew Chafin, depending on what uh, they gave Michael Fulmer? Sure, but I think Michael Fulmer is still a good, cheap veteran addition for this club that should help in the in the late innings. It, it, you know, at, at worst, at worst, he'll be a good late inning guy for this team, and it, it seems to be pretty reliable. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens once once he's officially added to the roster. We'll see what happens. I mean. I'm okay with the fact that they didn't get Chafin. Like, it would have been cool. Like, I would have been all, all aboard it. Mm. Um, he went to Arizona. Arizona's bullpen was awful last year. It was one of the worst in baseball. They definitely needed him a lot more than the Cubs did, in my opinion. Um, so, that is that is what it is. I And, you know, you mentioned the last $5 million reliever that they had was Kimbrell. And, I mean, at this point, you – you kind of – you still don't know how that Kimbrel trade has worked out. You probably wish you could have got more considering how you played in that first half of 2021, whatever. But, I mean, the beginning of that era was not – or the beginning of his tenure with the Cubs wasn't great. So, I – I until until the Cubs um, – until their strategy on building a bullpen fails, mm-hmm. then I ain't going to worry about it. Like I said, <laughs> I'm not going to worry yeah. about it until until the strategy of being cheap on the bullpen – doesn't work and it's worked since 2019 it, it honestly has i understand yeah. that they they blew a lot of games but you know a lot of those games were after they traded the four guys last year uh, at the deadline mm-hmm. um and stuff like that i mean they brought in david robertson last year and they flipped him for ben brown who has high high upside you know what i mean like we're talking we're looking at the bullpen right now and and i'm i'm thinking not just short term, but also long term, because they got some guys who are going to come up from from Iowa this year. Uh, and you know, Ben Brown is a is a possibility who he, he'll probably start in Double A or maybe Triple A as well. Who who could make some sort of impact in that bullpen? So I'm okay with Fulmer, and I'm excited with what they got. I, it looks like they might get another guy as well, anyway. So I think the depth is good, and I think that there's high upside in it i'm again they gotta really they gotta really blow some games for me to like i guess feel bad about it yeah i mean i think the bullpen thing we we agreed like a week or two ago that they like ryan was saying they probably don't have an automatic everyday closer at least not going into the season maybe that guy develops at some point during the season we always heard that cody hoyer went healthy would have that type of stuff potentially to develop into a, a possible closer. So there's a name. Uh, we know that Hughes will probably get some closing out at the end of a game. We, we've we mentioned Alzali maybe tries to slide into that position for a little bit. We've mentioned uh, Boxberger, just be, Boxberger and Fulmer just because of 
being veteran guys and having been there and done that. So I think you may see a lot of guys the first couple of months of the season. It is possible that you have a closer starting to develop on a more consistent routine the second half of the season. So let's let's yeah. just let it ride out. But I do think this is another good veteran arm that, like Cody said, I believe in what they do with the bullpen. And this looks like another good addition, whether that player is – on the roster for the whole season or whether that player is moved on because they've got a young guy that can take a spot and they can afford to trade somebody away uh, at the deadline. So I, I like all that. Anyways, um, we, we do want to talk real quickly about DraftKings one more time, because I don't know if you heard, I won almost $600 on DraftKings. <laughs> Did you Luke? I didn't hear. Did yeah. Wasn't aware. <laughs> big, big, big win, big win. I was thinking, Ryan, how much do you think I should, and, you know, as a father, I have to be conservative here. How much should I take off the board and how much should I leave in my account? If, if you, I let's you say should... I won 500 and let's just say I won 500 bucks, which okay. I won more than that. But I let's say I won 500 bucks. How much should I take off the table? I think I think you leave it all in the account until you need it, you know. That makes my hand itchy. That's, that's when I start turning into Cody, though. When I start gambling on like Maris. Like Dub said, you're one of us. You're one of us. I'm also. I'm. I'm pretty sure you have to start paying six hundred. You have to start paying taxes when you make six hundred or more on the on, on the sports gambling. So, oh, you, you I might just want to under then. Thank goodness Miles Sanders like, didn't hit us. You might want to. You might want to lose a couple of bets going forward just to kind of stay under that for a little bit longer. You know what I'm saying? Um, but DraftKings. Yeah. <laughs> DraftKings, the official betting partner of CHGO and All City. NBA no sweat same game parlays are back in uh you know DraftKings sportsbook. If you haven't signed up yet, you should. Um, I, I do those no sweat same game parlays pretty much every day, especially yeah. when the Bulls play. Um, you know Zach Levine lets me down a lot more often than not, but um, when the Bulls play, I always put those. Why? Because you know you you get you make your bet, you bet ten dollars, you lose it. It's no sweat. You get your ten dollars back in a, in a free bet. Cody, have you been doing those? Uh, yeah, I actually took the Bulls on the money line on Saturday. They lost, but they led by 10 points at one point in the game. So they cashed me out early, and I made like 30 bucks because they were plus 205 on the money line because they were six or seven-point dogs against Cleveland. So it's actually a great a great uh, promo for a team like the Bulls that doesn't know how to that, – that loves to get good leads and then blow them. So Yeah, it's the ones <laughs> you don't know about. So, yeah, you, you get your, you your no-sweat same-game parlays. You lose it because the Bulls blow another lead or something, um, then you get you get your bet back in a bonus bet, right? So yeah. I think I think you feel good about that. I mean MLB MLB's back. You know pitchers and catchers report this week. So Cody got any MLB bets? Any any preseason mm. baseball bets on the Cubs? Like I said, I I'm gonna I'm gonna place a response. I'm gonna responsibly place a wager on the Cubs to make the playoffs. What was that like three At plus three ten? I'm gonna responsibly do it responsibly so there you go yeah so there's all all you can bet on every sport you can do all types of things at DraftKings uh with the DraftKings Sportsbook download the app now and sign up with code CHGO new customers can bet five dollars and get two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly Luke did it and you hear him he almost won six hundred dollars that's right that's um, right <laughs> only at the DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA use it with code CHGO Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show see show notes for details. I, I don't know if people know this, but at one point, the DraftKings Sportsbook outside Wrigley Field 
you know, they were talking about having a Cody Del Mendo statue outside of that, you know, because they like to have statues. And once I won the big hit, I hit big on the Super Bowl. They were like, well, should we, they had like half of a Cody bust already sculpted out. And they were like, should we turn this into a Stucky bust? Like, should we, should we adjust plans here? So no word on what statue will be outside there, but they are talking about having one of us represented outside the sports book. I hope the half of me looks good at least. <laughs> Maybe it'll be like, a face down the middle, like you one side, me the other side. The head will be forward this way, uh, it'll be backwards on the other side. Like okay, so like face off. Yeah. Cool. That's right. <laughs> uh, oh god. So let's wrap up real quickly with just um we'll give we'll give football one more talk. Super Bowl commercials usually are bigger to me than the game because I, I find the game to be boring sometimes. We've had some good Super Bowls in a row. I thought the commercials were pretty good. Uh, first of all, I had no idea that there was another Indiana Jones movie coming out. I'm kind of excited about that because I've always liked those movies. Um, but if I had to do my top three commercials in reverse order, I would say number three was the Caddyshack commercial, which was great with the music from the end of Caddyshack and the dad from Succession is playing the Rodney Dangerfield role, and a cameo by former Bull Jimmy Butler. He's in the background in one of the shots. The only reason I didn't make it number one is that you know they tried to get Bill Murray for that role, playing Carl Spagler in, and the groundskeeper, and you know he said no. He, he he was like, no, I'm not doing that. Or they just didn't meet the price. So that's why I went three. Number two, I liked uh, Downey McBride. That was Danny McBride uh, from Eastbound and Down, also known as Kenny Powers, doing the Downey commercial, shooting the Downey fabric softener to people. I mean, I Eastbound and Bound is one of my favorite shows of all time. So that was a great one. And then what did I do? Number one. Um, oh, I like the, what was it? What's it called? Something called Popcorners? I don't even know what they are. It was the Breaking Bad one. Oh, yeah. Like an actual episode of Breaking Bad, and it mm. was Walter White and and Jesse, and they were just going back and forth. It was, That was really, I think really I good. I remember seeing that one. Yeah. I think it was called Popcorners. It's some sort of chip or something. Yeah. There were a lot of really good commercials. SmackDown was pretty good, too, where it was just the mm. short commercial where people are jumping off the balcony at work on uh, the guy uh, clicking his pen. Mm -hmm. That was solid, too. Yeah. Um, I can't, I don't know how to rank mine. I'll just say my three favorites. Okay. Um, Barbara says in the chat, the flag football one, the women's flag football one. And like, uh, like Devonte Adams is in like a costume or something like that. Chasing, chasing the girl. Um, I don't know. I just thought that was a pretty funny one. Uh, when they dropped the trailer for the movie air, which is supposed to be a, uh, based yeah. on true events when uh, Nike signed Michael Jordan, uh, as the shoe guy of CHGO, sorry, Nick, uh, you know, I my hair stood up whenever I saw that. Yeah, you looked over at your shoes, didn't you? You were like, oh, <laughs> I was Which like, what am I wearing to the debut? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so those two. And then I did like the Bush Light one just because it caught it, it got me on my toes. Like I was like, what the hell is this? And then and then they hit they hit you with the hook. And I, I don't know. Are you talking about the Sarah McLaughlin one where she where she's like, you can donate to dogs or to a shelter? And he's like, no, that's a wolf. Yeah. I mean, it was cringy because of when they played it, because I think it was coming out, like going into the commercial and like 
like from the game into commercial and it was the first one and it was like well this is this is weird and then it goes into bush light and i was like okay all right you you got my attention because i'm not really big on super bowl commercials like that's not why i watch super bowl and so the few i was i was in an apartment with nine people like we we weren't really eyed in on them but the the few times that i eyed in was the those three commercials, the, the air commercial, the, the trailer, uh, the bush light one, and then uh, the flag football one. I also am very intrigued about the flash when they, when they dropped that trailer. Oh so, yeah. That yeah. looked good. It was, yeah. that was, was that Michael Keaton as Batman? Ryan yeah. is our Batman My, expert. Was that Michael the, Keaton back as Batman? Yeah. It was the Michael Keaton Batman. Mm-hmm. I was I as surprised as any of you, but it was, <laughs> it was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I really like really that cool. one. I really like that one. And, I mean, the movie looks good, but, I feel like every DC extended universe movie has looked really good in the trailers and not all of them have been great movies. Um, so we'll have to see on that one. Yeah. Uh, I I really like uh, just for whatever reason that um, that blue moon commercial when it was, oh, that was I think it, it was Coors and, yeah. and Miller Lite like battling or whatever. And all of a sudden it's at the Do they own all three. I know Coors yeah. and Miller are the same, but I yeah. think they own blue moon too. Apparently blue moon is, is too. And it just like, I like those commercials where like, you think it's one thing, and then all of a sudden at the end, it's like, nope, it's this. Okay, cool. Uh, that, that catches my eye. And then I like the, uh, I think, was it the DraftKings commercial that had, like, Kevin Hart and Tony Hawk and The Undertaker? Oh, good call. Well, we uh, love DraftKings because I draft won Kings. almost 600 bucks. Yeah, we love That's the DraftKings commercial. Uh, big, big part of it because The Undertaker was in it in, in his Undertaker attire. You know, love that. But also – That was the winner. It was – I don't remember how long ago, but there was, like, on – like Tony Hawk social media and like on social media, those pictures were coming out like however long ago and no one knew what the hell that was about. Like why Undertaker was with Kevin Hart and Ludacris and Tony Hawk and whoever else was in that commercial. And now you, now everyone understands what that, what all that was about, but it was just like this random collection of people in random social media pictures and no one had any idea what, what was going on. So there you go. Now we know. I, you know, back to the, the air thing. I, now I picture that movie debut, the red carpet's out there. Uh, who Chris Tucker's playing Michael Jordan, right? And it's uh, it's uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Yeah, I see I'm the really three of them going in. J Lo goes in, and right behind, after J Lo goes in, Cody and Ryan and I walk in. Ryan's got he's just decked out in straight CHGO gear. Cody's in his salmon jacket with his pink Jordans, Ooh. and then. Just when the people think they've seen it all, I walk in with the OGs that I won in my raffle just to follow in, in straight CHGO gear. And the people are like, was that J-Lo? I don't know. Sorry, I got distracted it, because of the vibe that we're setting out at J-Lo. I like, I, like that, I like that idea. I also feel like we can allow Nicholas Moriano to join just because he is like the other shoe guy. That, but yeah. No. That's but I, I do like that. I do like that. Yeah. <laughs> Who is playing MJ? If it's not, I, I didn't see all the people that were in it. They never show MJ because you just see the back of his head, right? Yeah, I don't. I yeah. wasn't. Really, I, I just really saw look Chris Tucker's it. name on there. I'm like, Chris Tucker is mm. MJ. That seems like a stretch. I don't think so. He's, he's a little old to play a young yeah. MJ. It By would be way, cool look. if it was Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, the Creed commercial was good too. I'm looking forward to Creed three. That looked yeah. really good. I tell you what I was not – did I actually see this right? I, I was a little distracted early, but one of the first commercials, maybe the first commercial, was it for Hot Flashes? 
for menopause? Was it was there a hot flashes commercial? Was that actually what it was for? Was I confused? I don't I don't remember that. Hi commercial. ladies, if you're having hot flashes, I was like, what? Like, why would they pay money for that commercial? I don't Anyways. I don't remember. It's like all those people who paid all that money for the Jesus commercials. Like, well, why? Let me tell you, speaking of hot flashes, we're all going to have one tomorrow when the Hayden Wesneski interview debuts here on the CHTO Cubs podcast, because that's when everybody's just going to feel the heat. Barbara's been asking about it in the chat. And now she's stuck around to find out. It's finally tomorrow. Finally. It's finally coming. Tuesday, big Tuesday, right before Ryan heads off for Arizona. We finally debut the big Hayden Wesneski interview. Sean Caselli says future ace Hayden Wesneski. Hey, I'm not ruling that out. I ain't ruling that out. Not either. after what I saw, the way he was mowing down guys in his first time out there, you know? And even With the last strut. six outings were really good. The strut, yeah. yeah. Got a little bit of this. A little bit of this. Yep. So, anyway, <laughs> uh, thanks to everybody in the chat that joined us today. We look forward to the Wesneski interview tomorrow. We'll start having some stuff from Arizona once Ryan gets out there. And uh, we appreciate everybody that joined us on the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook, my favorite sportsbook. Make sure you download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. We'll see you on Tuesday. Until then, a full eye, the W.